News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Marriage is not now and never has been designed with women's happiness in mind. So wrote Clementine Ford in her new book, I Don't, which encourages women to steer clear of tying the knot. Clementine joins us now. Clementine, lay out your stall a little bit for me. Why are you saying that marriage is not designed for women's happiness and and is misogynistic, basically? Well, because it is. I mean, the history just shows us that for a start. What we might have right now is the idea that people can marry for love and freedom and so on and so forth. But even that companionate marriage, marrying for love, is only about 200 years old. As you would know well, in Ireland, the Catholic Church wielded, wielded its influence over the family and um, people's individual lives and women in particular, uh, certainly over the last 2,000 years. And the the recent history of women even being able to choose marriage is something that we should all be questioning. You know, for the majority of the last 2,000 years, women have had no choice and they didn't have any identity legally. The, their identity was covered under the authority of their father and then transferred into a a husband if they were to marry, which is why they didn't have their names, because legally they had to give them up and any money that they had, any property that they had passed into the ownership of the husband. So I think it's just factually correct to say that the institution of marriage wasn't exactly designed with the happiness of women in mind. But to be honest, the institution of marriage hasn't been designed with the happiness of anyone really in in mind. It's been designed with the idea of social cohesion. So marriage prior to companionate marriage was historically about empire building and about kinship building. It was about retention of wealth, particularly as we moved from nomadic uh, living societies into more agrarian-based society. Because people, you know, when you take a bunch of humans and you say, you know what, you could just stay put on this land and you could own it and you could build more things for yourselves. Human instinct is to say, well, I want to do that and I don't want to share it with anyone, Okay, unfortunately. And, 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 and by the way, I, I read your piece with great interest. I haven't read the book, but I think I will from your article. Um, and everything you said was correct. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't argue with any of the facts kind of contained within. But you were saying, you know that marriage was deeply misogynistic and women were pretty much like property but society uh, through the ages was deeply misogynistic and I'm sure marriage reflected that rather than just the institution being misogynistic it was a reflection of society but we're not quite as misogynistic now uh, as we were in society and as a consequence surely marriage has also become better than it was when I read your piece I felt there was one thing missing in that everything you said was factually correct and historically correct and statistically correct. But there was no mention of why you might want to get married because of love, because of maybe wanting to have a family with somebody and, and, and become a unit with somebody and, and a shared life experience. And, and all of those reasons that I would suspect many women nowadays who choose to get married would feel. Absolutely. And look, the the PR campaign that has been run by the marriage industrial complex to make women want those things has been very effective. We've been bombarded, you know, women women in our generation have been bombarded throughout our childhood with Disney fairy princess stories, romantic comedies. Everything ends with the happily ever after and nothing ever really looks at what happens after the the end of the story. The problem is that, of course, people are drawn to the idea of love and a family unit. I mean, those are those are natural yeah. things to want. Like I say in the book, I'm a deeply romantic person. I'm not opposed to love and I'm not opposed to people partnering or forming families. But there is a very limited idea in, in how families can be formed. And throughout history and even today, women who choose not to do those things 
are still being subjected to, at at a minimal best case scenario, the suspicion of their communities, maybe the the sort of gentle harassment from families. Well, when are you going to meet a nice person? When are you going to settle down? All those kinds of things. And at worst, outright outright harassment and abuse for it. If it's really a case that we have established marriage as something where people just express their love to each other, why are women who choose not to do it still being treated the same way that, uh, you know, the pejorative term of spinsters being applied to unmarried women in the 17th century was being used or the, or the I mean, you're you, you said to European witch trials. You said the, two really interesting demonization of women. You said two really interesting things. As one is, you said you didn't think that women would sign up to do it if it wasn't for the big fantasy wedding at the start of it. That's it's the wedding that sells it to us. <laughs> and you also said that, that 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 it's a bit like like the child catchers. Um, Karsh thing in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that it looks yeah. really appealing from the outside but when you get in it all falls away and it's like a prison cell. Um, is it really that bad? I think for a lot of women it's worse than that. I mean we, we just have to look at the rates of domestic abuse to know that that's true. The The risk that I mean, the thing is, and this is an uncomfortable thing for people to confront, but it just happens to also be statistically true. The most dangerous predator to women is men. And men can, that doesn't mean that all individual men are a risk to women, but it remains true that living with men, like the people who are most likely to take our lives from us are the men that we live with. That is a statistical fact. Okay. So no one, but no one and again, I, I, the I, aisle on I, their wedding day and thinks that yes, it's going to end. Yes, and I can't argue fear. again with any of those things other than to say, you know, uh, hashtag not all men, but I know you know that anyway. Mm-hmm. But but I, I suppose... What's the alternative? Because the alternative is is, is living alone without, a, without say, a partner. Or, 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 or let's just say, obviously, you can live with it. Is it though? You can live without a partner. You can live with a partner, but not be married. Sorry, I, I do know that. But, but supposing you want to, supposing you want to askew all of that, you're, you're probably going to yeah. be financially penalised because you have one income, not two. If you have children, it's, it's harder to be a single parent than, than to, to parent maybe with somebody there to co-parent with you. It, it, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough road being partnerless as well, surely? Well, I put it to you that the way that we think of how we can build a life for ourselves is very restricted to this idea that the only legitimate way to do it is through physical romance. I mean, women's platonic relationships with each other are much more likely to last and deeply last for the length of their lives than the statistical likelihood of a marriage. Clementine Ford, author of that book, I Don't, which does encourage women to steer clear of tying the knot. Thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. Let us know what you think, guys. Uh, Clementine, obviously very strong in her views. Uh, is she right? Is she wrong? What's your own take? 087-1400-106 is the WhatsApp. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.